Welcome to the Building Heroes Podcast, where we learn to build heroes in our homes to help our kids be prepared for their life journeys. Hi, I'm your host, Molly Christensen, and I love to encourage and mentor you on your path. Everyone, this is episode 59 of the Building Heroes Podcast. So today, I want to know, who loves read-alouds? Oh boy, I love to do read-alouds, and so do my kids. If I were to only do one thing for my homeschool, that would be it for sure. But it wasn't always that way. Now, for some of you, maybe you're feeling guilty because you know that real homeschoolers do read-alouds, and you're not doing them you know, along with owning your 12 passenger van and you have chickens and your denim jumper, but yeah, that's the stereotype. Okay. But you know, for other of you, other, others of you, you know, maybe you've tried to do read alouds and it's just too chaotic. The kids don't like it. Maybe you're not enjoying it or whatever. Okay. But on this podcast, what I want to do today is give you some encouragement and hope that you can actually have some awesome read alouds in your home or make them even better. And it's totally okay if you don't have all the things like the van and the chickens. I mean, it's cool if you do, but you don't have to. But I do think read aloud should be part of every homeschool for sure. Now, when I first started homeschooling my oldest son in first grade, I was making him do all this curriculum and we were just in a power struggle most of the time. And I had books that I wanted to read out loud to him, but I would always put them off. I would put them till the very end after we'd finished everything else kind of as the reward. And um, so we never got to them. So I started pondering what to do about this problem because I was trying to make them do all the schoolwork and I was taking all day and it was just uh, not good. And so I was praying about it. I was pondering about it. And I had this very clear answer come into my head. I got this thought that said, put the read aloud book first. Now, my mind argued with that because I said, well, no, that's just for fun. I need to have it as a bribe to get him to finish finish all the other schoolwork that he hates, you know? And I thought, well, if I read the read aloud first, we're not going to get to all the other things. And I, I did have a little argument with myself, but I decided to try it anyway. So I started reading out loud to him first thing in the morning, and he loved it. And so did I. And so what I found out was that it really just started off our day, right? It also gave us a shared experience and things to talk about, and it got us connected. And it actually helped him feel more willing to do the other schoolwork, too. It was really eye-opening to me that this could even happen. You know, who knew? And it was so helpful then that I always prioritize the read-alouds, even now, 20 years later. Now, this son in particular had a really good attention span, and I knew that, and I knew he enjoyed reading books, and he could easily listen to chapter books when he was four, five, six, but as I added more kids, they didn't all have that attention span, so I did need to train for attention, and that is probably my number one tip right there, is train the kids for attention span. So to do that, you want to start out in short reading sessions, like maybe five to 10 minutes, because, um, you know, while that kid, because they're in may read aloud for an hour or more, not all kids can do that. And so it's really good to start out like with shorter books, like picture books or whatever. 
Um, the next tip I have here is to limit the distractions insofar as possible. One thing that I started off doing with read alouds is I was like, hey, it's snack time. Because, <laughs> you know, full mouths means they can't talk and argue or whatever. The other thing I did to have successful read alouds is I did have to train my kids to raise their hands if they had something to say. Now that kind of sounds weird, but it actually works because if we're reading along a mitten the flow, I don't want to have to stop in the middle of the sentence because they're talking, you know? So if they have something they want to say, they can raise their hand and then I'll point to them to acknowledge that I see that they have something they want to say. And then I'll get to a good stopping place, you know, maybe in a paragraph or two, whatever. And I'll just ask them what they wanted to say. Um, and then it may or may not have to do with the book. <laughs> and that's okay too, because they're thinking. So um, another tip would be stay in the same room. Now that seems kind of obvious, but sometimes when we're reading aloud, like in our family room or something, it's easy for the kids to wander around, right? And so when they were little, I would read in a room with a door. Um, so they would have to be by us, okay? So um, another good tip is let them do something with their hands. And in fact, not even necessarily let them, just encourage it. Um, as long as it's quiet, you know, doing things like puzzles or Legos or coloring books or whatever. Playing Barbies is usually not so good or other characters because, you know, characters have to talk to each other. <laughs> so... That's, that's not the activity of choice, but that's just another thing to train the kids for is to, is to do that. And when the kids are really little, like one and two, it's hard. It really is hard, but it, it's doable. You know, if you set that up as the expectation. Another really good tip is to end at a cliffhanger so that they want to hear more, you know? Uh, and sometimes they'll beg me and I'll give in. I'll say, okay, fine. We'll read a little longer. And other times I just won't. And so you never know. They, they never know if I'm going to keep reading or not, but I do like doing that ending in a cliff, cliffhanger and your kids may complain about read alouds, but keep doing it because it's worth it. I have found that virtually all kids do like to hear stories. They do like to hear the read alouds. And I know that some of them maybe don't seem like it, but maybe they just haven't gotten to the habit or been trained to, to listen, but they really do. About uh, 14 years ago or so, I wrote this little description of our family read aloud. And man, it was rough, <laughs> but it was worth it. And we kept going. At the time, I had five kids ranging in age from two up to 13. And so I want to read this to you because it is real life. And maybe it will make your family read aloud sound really great. <laughs> okay. Time for read aloud, I yell. Everyone scurries upstairs to our homeschool room. And it's actually the playroom. And we all get settled in. And the reason why it's the playroom is because it has a door. Well, okay, didn't really happen that way. They did not all come eagerly running. It took about 15 minutes to get them there. My 13-year-old son sat, sits down at a desk to dry, or to draw. <laughs> My 12-year-old daughter kicks back to work on some embroidery she was doing. 
My seven-year-old son begins to build with Legos. My four-year-old and two-year-old daughter start to build with puzzles. I kick back in the rocking chair, reach down to grab the book, and realize it's not there. Where did the book go? I question. No one knows, of course. After a few minutes of searching, we miraculously locate it in the play crib with the baby dolls. Apparently, they were having a read aloud. I sit back again. I open up the book and I read the first sentence. The jangle of the phone abruptly interrupts me. We have to answer it because what if it's dad calling and he needs something? Now remember, this is 14 years ago. We did not have caller ID, which is really weird when you think about it. But instead, it's actually a recording of Bill Bennett informing me for the 14th time this week that I have won a free vacation. Yay. Okay, well, back to reading. I make it through a few more paragraphs. And then the two-year-old now has to go to the bathroom. I help my newly potted, potty-trained girl, and then I return to read more. As I'm reading the story, my seven-year-old repeatedly must ask what are vittles? I explained to him that's another word for food. And so my two-year-old also must ask, what are vittles? And then I feel the need to explain to my elder children that the word is actually spelled V-I-C-T-U-A-L, but we pronounce it vittle. I somehow miraculously make it through two more pages before the four-year-old begins thinking about vittles and decides she's ravenously hungry. I send her down to go get some homemade popsicles for everyone. I resume reading. With everyone mouth, everyone's mouths full, I'm able to reach the end of the chapter. When I'm deciding if I should read another chapter, I look around the room and I realize this room is now looking seriously quite disastrous because it was messy when we began and now it's mass chaos because the two little girls have been pulling out toys and games like crazy. So I decided to kill two birds with one stone. The kids will have to clean the room while I'm reading. So if they stop, I stop. I keep stopping and I keep having to break up fights. He's not cleaning. The phone rings and it's my mother. Takes a while and so of course everyone stops cleaning. When I hang up, I continue reading. I finished the next chapter and yet the room is barely cleaner than it was before. So this calls for more drastic action. We're all now going to clean together for five minutes and then I'm going to read the last chapter of the book because we all want to know how it ends. After five minutes of fast and furious cleaning with fast and furious arguing, we finally finished cleaning. I settle back to read the last chapter and the phone rings. I ignore it. And so do the kids. We are going to finish this book and nothing is going to stop us. We are enjoying this together. We really are. So at the time, it was a little stressful to get these read-alouds going. But now I really do look back at this and I think of how fun it was. And my kids remember read-alouds fondly too. So here are a few more tips for good read-alouds. Number one is choose good books. You know, it's just like with food. There are good, mind-empowering, mind-sparking books. And there's also junk food books. So I look for books that have good themes and morals and where the main characters grow 
and, you know, go on the hero's journey. Plus, when you pick great books, they're going to appeal to both kids and the parents alike. If you're reading junk food books, you know, I've tried reading some of those a lot to my kids and you're just like, oh, this is so boring. I can't handle it. But with great books, they do appeal to the kids and the adults and the adults enjoy them just at a different level. Um, you know, I, like I said, I've read some books that have bored me to tears just because they were so shallow, not well-written, they didn't have a good message and, you know, they just didn't have good pick or they just weren't good picks. And the thing is, is if you pick up a book that you're not enjoying, you don't have to keep reading it, you know? Um, now I have read some books that I thought were interesting, but the kids found boring. So in that case, if I was liking it and I knew it was a pretty good book, I'll just tell them, you know what, we're going to set this aside. You're just not ready for it yet, but it is a good book because I do know that. And sometimes that is true. Kids are just not ready for it yet. Uh, the next tip would be learn how to read out loud well. Now, when I first started reading aloud, I was probably a little monotone, but as I've practiced reading more, I've learned to put more expression in my reading. And maybe you think, oh, I'm not a very good reader. Well, with practice, you get there and it's good, you know? Um, I also love to try to sneak in accents. <laughs> and if the kids don't, ex don't complain about my accents, then I know I've got it, which is awesome. I just, I've been reading this book right now and I have, there's probably like six or seven different characters and they all have different accents. And they only complain if I mess the accents up, <laughs> you know? but I knew I got it. I was like, yes. So, you know, if you do struggle with reading aloud, don't worry, because you can practice. And you can also let the kids practice, you know? And you can also listen to books and hear how good readers read books. So they're interesting to read. I do think it's great to listen to audios. I really do. But I also think there is really something magical when mom or dad reads the books out loud to the kids too. Okay, tip number three here is edit the book. Okay, so sometimes I actually read books aloud because then I can edit the book as I go. Sometimes I'm going to reword the phrases so it's more understandable to the kids. Sometimes there might be a section of the book that I'm like, ah, I don't think we need to address this yet, you know? <laughs> so I edit it. And it's not like I'm reading bad books, right? It's just that I can trust my mom instincts and know what I should read and not. You know, maybe sometimes in some books, there might be a swear word and I can edit that out. Now, this is rare, but there are some wonderful books out there that might include a little swearing in it. And I think it's better to read it aloud and edit it. Um, then toss the book out altogether. So as an example, Little Britches is an amazing, powerful book and such a good story and we love it. But there are a few mild swear words in there, which makes sense because they're cowboys. But we just edit. Okay, the next one is make connections. When you read a story together, you are having that shared learning experience and you can make connections with your kids. Um, but also you can make connections just with life. So you can say things like, oh, hey, that's just like when we went on our trip to Florida. Do you remember that? 
or that's just like the leaves we saw when we went on our nature trip or whatever it may be. So you connect it to your life and it brings more connections to you and your kids together because they can see all those connections. All right, the next one is discussing the book. And this one goes hand in hand with making connections. But in this case, you ask questions instead of telling them the connections. Like, do you think that the main character should have made that choice? What else could she have done? And a great way, you know, maybe sometimes you don't know what kind of questions to ask or whatever. Um, but the questions you really want to ask are the ones that are going to help them connect the story to their own lives. And the way you can do that is you use the hero's journey, okay, the pattern. So you can ask them, oh, this looks like a big obstacle. How do you think she could get around it? Now, one problem we end up having is the kids are like, we don't want to talk. We don't want to answer the questions. Stop asking so many questions. <laughs> get on with the story because they want to hear it, right? So sometimes my kids get really annoyed if I stop and ask questions, but you can always ask the questions later too. And when you're not reading. And so it's kind of learning that balance between the flow of discussing the book while you're reading or discussing the book after you're reading or discussing the book at a totally different time to figure that out. And that is one big reason why read alouds are so powerful because we read books because they help us understand how to navigate our own lives. They help us understand us. They help us create our own stories. So um, another one is visualization, okay? This is such a cool benefit to read alouds that I didn't really have any idea about when I first started reading aloud to my kids. Because when you read a book out loud, the kids can develop their power of visualization. And this is also why the movie is almost never as good as the book. It's because it's not how we envisioned it. Okay? But visualization is a really important skill to have. And I think it's one we're losing because so many people are just watching movies instead of using their own imagination to create scenes in their heads. Okay. I mean, it's an amazing skill to have because it's what helps us get to our goals. It even helps in like spelling because good visualizers are good spellers if they have trained that skill in themselves. Um, so read alouds are really a great place to practice that. And so sometimes you can encourage the kids with that too. Like, what do you think Lucy looks like? Or, um, what do you think the area looks like and that sort of thing? And they're all going to have their own visualization in their own heads of what they look like. So when we do read alouds, we're not trying to get through the book. I mean, in a sense we are, but the more important goal is to get the book through us. If we have to force it and make them listen, then maybe it's too long. Maybe it's the wrong book. Maybe they haven't learned the skills of attention span yet, that sort of thing. So that's why with Read Aloud, just start out small and then work up to it. And they just get better and better. I do love it. Now, maybe you've heard this poem before, or maybe not, but I really think it sums up the amazing adventure that Read Alouds can be. And it's called The Reading Mother by Strickland I don't even know how to say the last name, but it's something like Jillalyn. <laughs> and it goes like this. I had a mother who read to me sagas of pirates who scoured the sea, cutlasses clenched in their yellow teeth, 
blackbird stowed in the hold beneath. I had a mother who read me lays of ancient and gallant and golden days, stories of Marmion and Ivanhoe, which every boy has a right to know. I had a mother who read me tales of Gellert the Hound of the Hills of Wales, true to his trust till his tragic death, faithfulness blent with his final breath. I had a mother who read me the things that wholesome life to the boy heart brings, stories that stir with an upward touch, all that each mother of boys were such. You may have tangible wealth untold, caskets of jewels and coffers of gold. Richer than I, you can never be. I had a mother who read to me. And I really love that poem because it does just talk about that connection and how she just guided her son to live that wholesome life through the stories that she chose to read to him. And one other thing I wanted to mention too is that sometimes maybe we don't want to read aloud because we don't know how to pronounce the words or whatever. Well, we can look them up and and say how to pronounce them and, and learn them. And when I was reading that poem, you probably had no idea that I was probably pronouncing half the words wrong. <laughs> okay, maybe not half, but there was definitely some in there that I did not know how to pronounce. <laughs> so I just went with it. And the kids won't really care either. And if they do think you're pronouncing it wrong, well, trust me, they will correct you. <laughs> but it doesn't really matter. It doesn't have to be perfect. It just, you know, it is such a good way to connect with the kids. So if you haven't gotten this read aloud habit yet, Oh, just give it a try and please stick with it until you all love it because you will. And it is so worth it. Thanks for listening to the Building Heroes podcast. Can you help more people join the Building Heroes movement by sharing this podcast? More people can find it when you subscribe to the show, rate it, and leave a review. For more help on Building Heroes in your home, get the free Building Heroes resources at www.buildingheroesacademy.com